so should this be the end of bad boy summer i listen i can't do any more bad boys like no i i think i I need a fucking break (laughs) is the epitome of bad boy summer and it's like the perfect like ending did you just say epitome (laughs) instead of a Welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Savannah. And today we are on our last stop of Bad Boy Summer. We're going to talk about Killian and God of Malice. But before that, Sav, how are you doing? I am so ready to be done with Bad Boy Summer. I want butterflies, kisses in the fucking rain. I want forehead kisses. Like these are the things that I need at this point in my life. So I'm excited. This is the last stop. I am traveling for work this week. So trying to get my life together, but really other than that, I'm good. How are you? I'm a lot better. So COVID struck my household. It was about time. The doctor said that it was about time that we got it. So I am on the up and coming. I still cannot taste fully. If I have, like, a peppermint candy, I can tell it's peppermint. Or if I eat something that's, like, salty garlicky, I can, like, tell what it is. But I don't have, like, my full taste back. But it could have been worse. Very thankful that we're okay. My brother's okay. So, on the up and coming. But school starts in about a month. I got my parking pass today. So, I'm very excited. RIP to your bank account. Listen, if there's one thing we hate, it's university parking. So, so expensive for no reason for a parking deck. It just, I was just like, had to bite the bullet. I have night classes. So Marta is out of the picture. So I was like, so I get for going to school in the city, but I'm very excited. Have you tried the orange, the charbroiled orange situation? Okay. I did. So I looked all through TikTok and it was like very mixed like reviews about it. And so I found this like lady, she's like a taste specialist so she was saying do things like ginger peppermint clementines just like that kind of stuff but she was like don't stop eating your favorite foods because it might help with like mental memory to bring it back interesting so I know when my mom lost it she lost it for seven days so I'm on like day like three or four of not having any taste so fingers crossed I realize that this is potentially a hot take in the year 2022 I don't think that I've had COVID. I have never once tested positive. Seth had COVID, so I quarantined. But, like, I think your girl is a virgin. She has not had this pussy popped by COVID. (laughs) No, we were so close. But what got us was we went to two back-to-back super crowded Braves games, and that's what got us. David's girlfriend tested positive. So that's that's what got us. That'll do it. That'll do it. You know, we real. I really just want COVID to be over and done with, but I think she's sticking with us for a while. She's a part yeah. of the family now. She is. I would like to have a little convo about what we've been reading this week because I have a bone to pick. So last week, Emily and I said that we were going to read The Long Shot by Kennedy Ryan. 
Emily never got there because I was screaming, crying, throwing up on the bathroom floor at 2 a.m. Because no one, all these influencers have recommended this book. Not a single one of you gave trigger warnings. And it is like explicit abuse (laughs) for 65% of the book. And I am just, I'm pissed. So we're not doing the long shot. I don't know if there's ever going to be a point where I can like have a convo and giggle if a book has domestic like violence and assault. It's just not something that I can personally do. So we're not doing it. We're doing God of Malice instead, which was also very dark, but at least, at least there was no abuse. That was a little better, but I'm going somewhere with this. This we're going around the ass to get to my point, but I, I do have a question. So it ends with us has some, some abuse, right? But it didn't bother me because it's not, she leaves before it gets like life-threateningly bad, right? So Colleen is writing, it starts with us, but we've already gotten Lily and Atlas's happy ever after. And so I'm curious, do you think that this is going to be a Ryle redemption story? Okay, so I was worried about it. So it ends with us, got me into Colleen Hoover. She has mentioned a million times that Riley does not get a redemption. Okay. So I think that we might get hints of Riley in this because they do share a kid. But I really think that this is, I know that there's going to be heartbreak because there's no Colleen Hoover without heartbreak. But there will eventually be a happy ending. But I think that this is really Atlas and hers like story. But they already got the happily ever after. Like, what more is left in the story? Which I think we're going to get the third stage breakup. Something's going to happen. Then they end up together. I, it's, I kind of feel like a reminders of him kind of ending almost. I know. I cannot handle that again in my life. That, mo- that book destroyed me. I was thinking of rereading It Ends With Us before It Starts With Us comes out, but I'm a little scared to dive back into It Ends With Us, but I'll see. I don't know if I said this on the pod or if I've told you this. So my aunt was at the beach with us and she brought Ugly Love with her. Oh no. And she was like, have you read this? I was like, oh my God, yeah, it's so good. Not thinking about the fact that like, you know, there's... Devastatingly sad story. So we are all playing bocce ball on the beach, and I was like, "You want to play?" And she looks up at me, and she is sobbing. Like, no, I don't want to play. I don't want to do anything because I've been destroyed by this book. And I was like, "Oh, car crash, girl." Yeah, I felt bad. It's a rite of passage. It is. I mean, Colleen is just—it's so sad. But anyways, this—that was my the point of my original story was the long shot very good story just very very sad and potentially triggering but it ends with us didn't trigger me in that way so that's why I was like I wonder if Colleen is going to give us some sort of redemption story she better not (laughs) okay what have you been reading because I know you've been on a little journey over there okay so I finished the dark syndicate series which was it was phenomenal I really do think that the last book wasn't necessary but it was short the epilogue tied everything together book four was my most favorite out of all of them it follows Aiden and he's part of the syndicate and the Russian bravada at the same time just really good it was very like emotional it was like 60 chapters it was a long one and then I finished God of Malice and I'm starting things I wanted to say which follows a member of crew Lancaster's family who we met in a million kisses in your lifetime so I got 
the Mindfuck series in the mail. <laughs> it is 680 pages altogether. Oh, that's not bad. It's a thick one. But everybody says you have to be in the mindset to where you're going to read the whole thing in a day. So you got all of the books in one book together? Yes. That's a concept. That's a good idea. Because everybody was saying you don't, like every book leads on a massive cliffhanger. So it's kind of like the books together are kind of like incomplete. So I was like, hey, I will get the whole series. But I'm, it's been so overhyped that I'm worried. But I'm going to probably read after the um, Lancaster book, some hockey, some sports, and then get back in. Cause I feel like I've been reading a lot of like super um, dark romances lately. So I need a little bit of a palate cleanser. I am going to read a novella. I downloaded the four leaf. Have you heard of the four leaf? Uh-uh. It's 120 pages. I've heard it's like full smut. So that's step one. Step two, I think I'm going on a fantasy binge. I've just had a fuck enough. I've had enough <laughs> I truly cannot handle anything else. So I want happiness, love. I want fairy porn. That's what I want. So I have a couple of options downloaded. My TikTok has just been hitting perfectly right with the recommendations. So I hope that they don't completely suck. But no, I, I'm not doing anything else dark. I don't want any mafia men for like at least a month. <laughs> Have you seen Crawdads yet? I've been wanting to ask you. No, I was supposed to go on opening day, but then I got sick. Ah, that's true. But I haven't seen it. Okay, so I was also supposed to go on opening day. I've seen a lot of, like, not great things about this. Are you on this side of TikTok? I am, and I'm kind of like, I might wait until it comes on my TV. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Mm -hmm. Because I've been saying, have you even seen the conspiracy that the author actually committed murder? Yeah. Like, I would never support her after this. And I'm like, but who did she murder? Because, I mean, if it was within good reason, I could be behind it, you know? I was just like, but I think it might be. Movies are expensive. I love the movies. Seth and I have the annual popcorn bucket where we go and fill it up. Oh, that's smart. Mm -hmm. It's necessary. So I think that might be a whole movie with a glass of wine. Yes. Because I just love that book so much. And the movie kind of just scares me. I know. I've just heard really bad things about the, I don't know if anyone that has said bad things about the movie has seen it, but like the, the buildup to the movie has not been super fun and enjoyable. Do you watch Love Island? Are you watching Love Island UK? Okay. So I watched this season with Millie and then, but I haven't caught up on this season. All right. If any of the girlies are Love Island UK fans, please Please slide in my DMs. I am caught up. I don't miss a day. Seth and I watch it every single day when we get home from work and we are eating dinner. I'm obsessed with Love Island. I talk in a British accent all summer. Like, I just love it so much. So if you are watching and you are caught up and you want to talk shit about Ekansu, please, please swipe up, slide in my DMs. That's all. Thank you. You should watch it. It's really, this season is really good. I like the, the guys are chef's kids. I probably sorry. I'm one of start conversations with friends it's on hulu it's the book the same yes sally rooney right yeah and so i really liked normal people so i think i want to give that a run and then i'll go to love island did you like normal people the book and normal people the show or just the show so i didn't read the book 
So, and I really liked the show. Okay. I personally don't like her writing. It's just the style. She doesn't do dialogue. In, yeah. And so that, like, that kills me. So I haven't tried to read anything, but maybe I would like the shows. One of my good friends, Sarah, she read Conversation with Friends. And she was like, it's hard to follow. Cause, and then I read a book by her. It was the first book I read this year. And I was just like, girl, give me some quotation marks. <laughs> Something. I hate when you're reading and it's not fun. You feel like you're reading for school. It's like, that was not the purpose of this. This was no. Okay. So in the Dark Syndicate series, in the book three, we have an auction, right? Ooh. So, And it got me thinking, would you do an auction? If you were single, would you do an auction? Okay. Yes. Cause, okay. So there's an auction in praise, which is the first book in the salacious players. We read book three. Remember? Yeah. There is an auction in praise and I would 100% be interested in that. Okay. I would too. So I would, I was like, you know, I would do an auction. Like you're telling me all I have to do is stand here and men are going to put, give money to me and tell me how much they adore me. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Glad we're on the same page about them, but I just think that is a superior scene in books. That's yeah. it. I would agree. And I think it's not overdone. I think if it was overdone, I would hate it. Okay. We're going to get into it. This is like a, it's not a trigger warning. I don't know if this book had trigger warnings. It probably should have. I didn't read them, but today is our psycho episode. We are going to get into our favorite psychos. So just a heads up that if you want like sweet, warm and fuzzy love story, this is just not it for you. <laughs> Maybe go back and read something else that we have. Raina Ken is an international best-selling author of everything enemies to lovers romance. Darkness is her playground. Suspense is her best friend and twists are her brain's food. Her heroes are anti-heroes and her books are sprinkled in with a touch of mystery, a healthy dose of angst and a pinch of violence and lots of intense passion. She was raged a polyglot. Yeah, so she was, like, taught many, like, languages. Like, she was, like, raised with, like, knowing, like, four or five languages. Oh, my God, that's cool. Okay, Rena, we see you. And she found it really hard to speak in the first place and has turned to writing as a venting outlet. Books by Rena Kent include the Empire series, the Deception Trilogy, and the Royal Elite series. Today, we will be talking about God of Malice, which is the first book in the new Legacy of God series. This also follows the Royal Elite series, and we get a lot of those characters sprinkled into this because they are the parents. So this is like the offspring of the Royal Elite series. I have the little blurb pulled up. So this is what Rena tells us before we like proceed. Killian Carson, the main character of God of Malice, is a true psychopath, not a make-believe, nor a bad boy who's, e who's eventually tamed. He is a villain with very questionable actions, so if you can't handle morally black characters, please do not proceed. Ooh, morally black. Okay. I know, not even morally gray. And then she follows this with the dedication, which is to the ones whose type is an unapologetic villain. Okay. This is a good setup in my mind. There was no trigger warning for the long shot and I was upset. But this, she framed that perfectly because Killian is an unapologetic villain for sure. Morally yeah. black. Perfect. Doesn't give two fucks. So 
getting into God of Malice, this story takes place across the pond and shows the rivalry between two UK and US elite colleges. Basically, Royal Elite University is where all of these like very wealthy UK kids go for college. And then their next door neighbor is King's U, and that's a lot of new money from the States. So they have this like very fun feud going on. Both are run by money, power, and of course, gang influence. Killian Carson is a psycho. We are not kidding or being dramatic. He is a legit psychopath who has a thirst for violence. Glendon King is an artist and the golden girl of her family. After her friend commits suicide by driving off a cliff with her nearby, she obviously is going through it. A year later, and still working through her pain, she returns to the scene of the crime and finds him. Killian is immediately enamored with Glendon and refuses to let her escape him. Along the way, she falls in love and is absolutely Stockholm syndrome <laughs> into the idea of Killian. She struggles to trust him and he struggles to feel, but this duo eventually gets a happily ever after. Tropes include enemies to lovers, dark and twisted romance, mafia influence, virgin, the biggest virgin trope you've ever seen in your freaking life. Yeah. I don't even know where to start with this book. So I gave it a 4.5 and it's because I truly had no idea where it was going, like where the book was like leading. We get so many get in the fucking cars and don't you fucking dare. And you guys know, I, I love that. That stuff fuels me. Killian is dark, cold and calculated. Like I was attracted to him, but also scared of him at the exact same time. Yes. Scared for my life. Okay. <laughs> the thing is with him she'll be like no he's like no like I really know how you're feeling like you can stop lying like he would psychoanalyze like the shit out of her which I thought was hot at times too I don't <laughs> anywho Glendon turns his whole life upside down he is bringing her lunches hanging out with her friends literally all things that he would have never done because he has this need to kill and see blood and he is like tampering all that down because he doesn't want to go be locked up in jail go down that path so what does he do he becomes a surgeon so he can cut through people but like not be like a criminal this book had romance secret societies mafia ties and a huge plot twist that i did not see coming when it got to 80 percent and we see the plot twist i was like oh shit we have aspects of the secret societies fighting each other's. You have solid families who would do anything and everything for both Killian and Glendon. The way that her brothers threatened to kill, you have just a bunch of possessiveness and protectiveness going on. But Killian's humor is so dry and so funny. So I'm going to present some of my favorite quotes, my three quotes. He says, you're the only red in my black and white world. You're my fucking purpose. Romantic. Listen to me and listen to me well. I'll do what I can to protect you and you'll never ever question me about it. Do you hear? Then he says, they're in an argument and he's like, let me search for the fucks I give. See, none. Like he had these like little like one line quotes and they were arguing and she goes, I'm going to kill you. And he goes, I'll kiss you in the meantime. He was so dry and so funny. And so one of my favorite quotes is 
she, he says, don't romanticize me or you'll be eaten alive. And Glendon's like, aren't you eating me alive already? He said, this is not eating. This is an appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just so fucking funny. She left him on red. He put a tracker on her phone. And Emily was like, mm. <laughs> ticking all my boxes. <laughs> That's my take on the book. Okay. I... <laughs> I have a lot of questions and a lot of bones to pick with my girl, Rena. Not in a bad way. I just, like, I've got some questions. I gave this book 3.75 stars, which, if you're if you're new to this, I'm normally a half or a full star. 7.5 is new for me. I felt like it didn't deserve a four, but it deserved better than a three and a half. So that's where that comes in. I both hated and loved it. I both hated every single character and loved every single character. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel so in between. I think depending on my mood, I could have given this book five stars and I could have given it one star. So that's kind of where I'm at. I do think Killian was like a little much for me sometimes. (laughs) There was, okay. So it got to a point where every time she would like have a love interest or he would get jealous. He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to kill them and then we'll fuck in their blood. And he said it so many times that I was like, dude, we get it. Like, we fully get what yeah. you So, yeah, I just think sometimes he was a little much. And maybe I've never been a true lover of dark romance. I feel like that's more your alley. So maybe it's just not fully my thing. But I did love the dark academia, secret society situation that we had going on with the three gangs. So there are two gangs at the King's U, which is the American college. Cause of course Americans had to have two gangs, whereas the UK college just has one. And so Glendon's brother is the leader of the gang at the UK college. He is also a psychopath. Basically they describe it of like, you can pick up when someone is a sociopath cause there's just like deadness going on in their eyes and they can't be forced to care about anything. So every new person that I meet, I will be judging harshly. <laughs> I will be looking in those eyes and see if, seeing if there's anything there. And then Killian is a part of one of the two gangs at the other school. And he has his little like crew that he runs with. So I really liked that aspect of this. I liked the secret societies, the underground fighting, that whole situation I thought was really fun. But overall, I just want my male main character to be obsessed with me and to fawn at my feet i and i wanted him to be lovey-dovey but i recognize that he is both physically and mentally not capable of that (laughs) so like i can't be upset that he wasn't and i do think that he had love for her but it wasn't conventional and so if you're the type of person that craves conventional love stories i can see where she says like this is not it this is not what you're gonna find okay i also have one bone to pick with this book. I have a couple when we get to the spice. Why was he 19? Yeah, that threw me. I picture him as like 26, 27. Yeah. Like with an age gap, it would have been so good. Why was he 19? I did not love that. I didn't really know how to give it, pe- like what to give it peppers. I gave it 1.5 to two, but now I'm thinking that that's not enough. It was just very intense. And like yes. dark, but he sure knows how to like dirty talk. Yeah, I think he might be like top five so far out of Bad Boy Summer for like dirty talk. But I like 
just like the sex scenes were just very like intense he loved choking that was like his main thing and she would like it's interesting because she would like fight it but she didn't like but she didn't say no so she still was like giving her consent but like she didn't want to like realize that like she actually like wanted this with Killian but I just don't know how else to explain it except for it was very intense dark sex okay so I feel like the main thing in this book her main kink was consensual non-consensual sex which is like basically you feel as if you are being raped but you're consenting to it which could be fun for some people. I don't think that I'm one of those people. So I think maybe that's why I just like wasn't into it. Here's the thing. It was good. I have a lot of questions about the spice. (laughs) I gave it three peppers. It was very rough and demanding, which like I said, is not bad. Where was the foreplay? There was none. There was none. He would be like, oh, you're wet for me plunge inside there we are not preheating the oven we are putting shit in there raw and i'm just like where was the foreplay that doesn't do it for me why did he last so long that's the (laughs) other thing that really bothered me i do not want to fuck you for two and a half hours on i don't even care what the occasion is i don't want an anniversary fuck that lasts for two and a half hours no she was like we have gone to like eight positions (laughs) and he like is still going that is not appealing to me in the slightest i want to be done in like 45 take a nap and then come back for round two two and a half hours of straight fucking is entirely too much i was genuinely concerned about her safety yeah like girl are you okay and i know breath play is a thing and i've like gotten into that right but i i didn't feel the aftercare i didn't feel the foreplay i was just real concerned about how she was doing as a virgin we did eventually do get some, like, aftercare, and he was, like, I have, like, never done this before, and, like, a really big version of, like, his aftercare was, like, cuddling with her, and she tried to sneak out the bed one night, and she gets cornered by the other guys, and he goes ballistic. He was, like, when you are in my arms, like, I'm giving you this, like, level of safety and, like, trust that you, like, you won't leave me. It's, like, for him, that is his aftercare, kind of just, kind of, like, words of affirmation or just, like, even actions of affirmation. But sometime I was, like, when the first scene, when they're on the edge of the cliff, and I'm just, like, this cannot be safe. I literally texted Emily. I said, can I read one book this week does, that doesn't include sexual assault? <laughs> like, this is assault. And But then he, he twists it to say that she liked it. And I was like, she did not like it. We were reading from her POV. Yeah, he was just a very interesting individual. Whenever, I thought it would be so funny because she would do little things to, like, defy him. And it would just make him so fucking mad. Like, she would get hammered with her friends. Yeah. And she just knows that, like, will piss him off. And I just think it, it's just, it brought, like, it humanized their relationship. Yeah. And you made the correlation. So you guys all know I love the ritual by Chantelle Tessier. This is very much ritual vibes. Yes, but who was the guy's name in the ritual? Um, Riot Archer. I was going to say, I know that you remember his name. <laughs> He had empathy and love and understanding, and this book just didn't have that until, like, the very end. Yeah. 
when he was proposing to her and he was like, cause they kind of have like a little breakup a little bit. He never lets her go. But she was like, I need you to like, love me. He was like, I am incapable of feeling love, but all of these actions are proving that like you matter to me. So I can't show you what you think is love. But then, but then he does eventually say that he loves her in the end. And I was just like, joy. Swoon. Who do you picture these people as? Because I picture Glendon as Sadie Sink. That's a good coral. That's that's a good one. I pictured Killian as somebody who's a hawk. So there's a hockey player. His name is Matt Barzal. And that is who I envisioned Killian as because he's tall, the like sculpture kind of face, the black hair. Emily. <laughs> is that not who you pictured him as? I do not picture Killian have a black ass face. <laughs> who did you picture him as? I can't think of his name, but he's kind of scruffy. See, I didn't see him as scruffy. I mean, maybe a little good boy, like good boyish, but I don't think it was this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, honestly, mine and Emily's friendship is so great because even if I was not married, <laughs> we would never fight over the same men. No, it would never. <laughs> not ever. a single time would we ever. So, you know, it works for us. Okay, so, like Sal said, this is our psycho episode. <laughs> you guys knew it was coming. <laughs> I think, though, that we did a very good job with Bad Boy Summer, with the variety of bad boys that we picked. Agreed. We are giving ourselves 10 out of 10. Five stars. So, I'm proud of us. <laughs> so, Sav, who are your favorite TV slash book psychos? All right, my TV psycho, I don't know how people will feel about this. I think Rafe Cameron post shot the sheriff Rafe when he is fully going off the fucking rails does it for me. I find him so attractive when he is crazy. What about you? So TV, I'm going to do Nate Jacobs. I just have to. (laughs) I just have to. But I have three from books. So the first is Deke from the Dare series by Chantelle Tessier. Full on psycho. Vaughn Spencer from Angry God by LJ Shen. And I liked that the God of Malice and Angry God both had the aspect of art also. And like feelings being portrayed by artwork. I just really love when artwork is involved. And then Cole from the Center of Saints duet by Sophia Lark. He kills people and puts their body parts in his art. 100%. Yeah. I think (laughs) probably my other favorite psycho. I love Vaughn too, but he's like, he's young. Cole is like a seasoned psycho. Like he's in his thirties. He knows what he's doing at this point. Yeah. If you really like super like dark romance the center saints duet by sophia lark it's just two books please look up the trigger warnings before you read it but if you want that like dose of super dark romance then read that duet yeah 100 percent. i would love to know other people's tv and book psychos especially tv or movie psychos if you have them and love them because listen like when nate pulled that gun on gabby i was like oh shit <laughs> this is doing things to me and it shouldn't but I was like he got hotter that's not good 
also think that that is, I have to say, an underrated book scene. When, when it's done? Some, yeah. And then it goes into, so Emily McIntyre, it happens a lot in her books. And I would, didn't think that I would like it, but I actually, but it's quite fascinating to me. Listen, if you want a gun to be pulled and not a fun way, read the long shot. <laughs> I will never stop. Listen, it was such a good book, but I will never stop. No trigger warnings. No one said that there was any sort of abuse. Yeah. yeah I do have to say, if any influencers listen to this podcast, I do think that we, when we talk about books, I think that we have a duty especially like these books like if you don't want to mess up your little dance video then put it in the captions please you have got to let people know before you're overhyping this book especially because I feel like book talk is so new and so people are getting into reading and they're fucking starting at like (laughs) the Madison Kate reverse harem I feel like a lot of people are starting right that's fine. But if you've never read anything like this before and you go in blind to something and it is like horrific, horrific abuse and assault, like you kind of let people know. You don't know what kind of shit we're carrying around with us. Like that is not good for other people's mental health. Thank you guys for coming to our TED talk. We just think it's important. (laughs) Okay. Next question. Do you think that Killian is misunderstood? think a therapist to have a field day with this answer (laughs) I think in a way yes so I cried at the scene when he's talking with his brother his mom and his dad and he was like saying how his to his dad he was like our relationship stopped being a relationship when I eavesdropped and said like when you called me defective and he was just I don't like he doesn't know how to handle his emotions and I understand that and the thing with the killing with the mice and the blood is scary but the way that he was even talking about how like Glenn saved his life was that she listens like he constantly says that he's not going out and murdering people he has learned how to tame those emotions like he wants to be a dad he's built he's sad is laughing he's like socializing himself so I feel like in a way yes he is misunderstood but he also is a psychopath so it's kind of like hard but I think that he is capable of being like a husband like a dad because the way that I was getting was his dad is the same way as him when they're kind of making the ties no I don't think so I think his dad has, like, basic emotions. Listen, I get where you're at, that you think that he's misunderstood. There is not a bone in my body that thinks that he is misunderstood. I think (laughs) he's a sociopath. And I personally would not fall in love with him. That's all I got to say. Listen, Seth and I have said this several times. If we come home one day and our kid is, like, fucking with animals, you know he's going to be a serial killer. I don't know what I'm doing, but we are going straight to therapy and I'm going to put you in some sort of program that's going to make you not kill people. Like, if your ki- if your kids are fucking with animals in any way, that is not a good sign. Any true crime doc you have ever watched, yeah. they were fucking with animals. The thing is, 
I am book smart. I am not street smart. I am a certified dumbass and would 100% fall for Killian. Oh, I know. You would be on a Dateline episode so fucking quick because he would kill you, Emily. He would straight up kill you. He didn't kill Glendon. <laughs> he could. Any day now, honestly. Glendon will also be on a Dateline documentary and everyone will say, we tried to warn her. She was in danger. No, his brother even said, his brother was like, this is your way out before, like, you end up being one of the ones that he kills because we all know that serial killers kill, like, their spouses and stuff first. 100%. But I could just picture my friends, my friends be like, Emily. And I'm like, but listen, he's nice to me. But no, Killian definitely is a psychopath, but I think that he also is misunderstood in a way. I'm like 25, 75%. Okay, here's the thing with Killian that I think. I think Killian has access to money and has had influence by like rich and powerful people. And so he recognizes that he has to play the game. Like I think his intelligence and his privilege has pushed him forward in a way. If he was not rich, he would have been killing people left and right at age 12. Like, you cannot convince me otherwise. But because he has the wealth, he's like, well, I can just be a doctor and still slice honeys up for fun. <laughs> like, he's literally thinking about actively killing people. So, no, I don't think that he's misunderstood him. I think that he's a psychopath. I do too, but I also feel like, I don't know. <laughs> I just need everybody to read this book and then let us know. I, listen, if it was in the 80s, Emily would have gotten in Ted Bundy's car so fucking fast. That beetle would have approached her and she would have been like, yeah, I'm good. Goodbye. <laughs> Am I wrong? Ted Bundy was, I mean, he was attractive. No, I think it also works that they met at this kind of setting. I think if it was any other setting, then it wouldn't work. But the fact that they're meeting, her brother is also in a secret society, he's also the same way. I think it only works in this setting. Yeah, that's fair. Because the whole thing is so unrealistic that like, yeah. Distracts. Okay, well. Yeah, no, as soon as a guy yells at me, I'm crying. I'm not falling in love. <laughs> Until he Stockholm syndromes your ass. Like, he had Pavloved her into sleeping on top of him after sex. So if she was on top of it, it made her horny. Like, she literally was like, what you're doing is like a psychological thing. And he was like, no. He's like, stop thinking it's just me. Oh, my God. Like, complete psychopath, babe. Complete psychopath. I need to know where you're putting him on your boyfriend pyramid. Okay, on the boyfriend pyramid, <laughs> I am, I would want to do it once. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll try anything one time. I am sneaking away into that mansion. I'm not telling a fucking soul where I am going. I'm going to sneak away in the middle of the night, leave a party. I will come back two days later, bruised, battered, never okay again. And I will not talk about it anymore. So I would sleep with him once. You're going to put him at God tier, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, what gets me about Killian is I'm so intrigued. 
like one time would not be enough like i would be asking he'd be like can you shut the fuck up he has a line not be enough so he has a line where he was like what and i cannot emphasize this enough the fuck is going on in your head that is what he would tell me when i'm asking my 500th question so where are you putting my pyramid (laughs) i think i'm putting him as god here but this is why (laughs) this is why get the <laughs> this is why I'm gonna give my few points. The way that he took care of her when she was beat by Devlin, the way that he stands up to her in regards to her brothers, being like, you guys have to stop treating her like a fragile like doll, like she is a human. And he like further, I think he boosts her self-confidence. He really does. But I just think I am just so fascinated by him. So I took psychology of human sexuality in college. This would be a case study for that class because I am just so fascinated. But yeah, God tier. would be a case study on you because you put him at God tier. <laughs> I know, a therapist will have a field day. But I'm just so fat. Like one would not be enough. But I still am not telling my friends. BetterHelp could sponsor this podcast <laughs> solely from this episode. <laughs> okay, well... You know, I just don't think psychos are for me. And I think it tracks, right? My husband is a sweet, sweet little angel and only tells me mean things in bed when I ask for it. So, like, I don't think that – I just don't think psychos are for me. I don't think it's it's not for me. I'm just intrigued. I'm just intrigued because, like, I am – like very soft-spoken, kind, like, like that would just be going the complete, op- my friends would be worried, but like the complete opposite, like I just think it would be the most unexpected thing, which is just intriguing to me. I think that you have a lot of Glendon's qualities. Yeah, when I was reading, I was like, hmm, hmm. homegirl yeah. and I would be friends. Yeah, y'all would be friends. I think that you have a lot in common with her. And so, and then thinking back to like whoever, like, I talked to or ever in college kind of, they're like high-key like psychos yeah but like not in the fun way em. no no <laughs> I also think like you like a dominant person yeah I mean it all tracks it just it does make me concerned about your um mental well-being <laughs> it's okay I don't date so we're never gonna get oh to that God, point. you should ask this on the date questions after we talk about all the things that are would you consider yourself to be a psychopath you're gonna be like, what? That really gets me going. <laughs> no, I do think that it's like if he did not have like the dominance, like I think like that stuff, because like that's what I like light, but like no, he is a psychopath. Hundred percent. One But it's the way that Rena writes this story, it's you're like You're like, hmm. Exactly. I could be into this. I didn't feel that way, but I love that you did. And I have to say, I read her Deception trilogy, and at no point did I know where this whole trilogy was ending. Plot twist after plot twist. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed her writing. Like, just because I'm not fully sold on Killian, does I have nothing against Rena. Like, I'm really liking her writing. I like the way that she develops the stories. I like the back character and the twist. So... Yeah, I really liked her writing. I would read more stuff by her for sure. I'm just not fully sold on Killian the Psycho. Okay, but do you not get like psycho vibes from like Vicious? 
Like, they reminded me a lot of each other. No, I do not think Sweet Baby Vicious is a psycho. But here's the, okay, so here's the deal. A psychopath, listen, I don't read a lot of thrillers, but I love A Criminal Minds. I've seen every fucking episode, and I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. So the difference between a psychopath and a normal person is that psychopaths lack empathy and the ability to feel emotions, right? So as they're killing people, which is typically like the route that they take because they have these like dark interests, as they're killing people, they don't feel bad about it and they don't like get upset. So that's how they're able to keep doing it. So Mm. I don't think that Vicious, because he was able to express emotion so well, I don't think that he was a psychopath at all. He was just a little dark and he was a little broody. I cannot believe you're coming for my man. (laughs) Okay, no, but what you said makes sense because I did not know that. So I would definitely marry a Vicious, but not a killer. The true crime girlies are going to have my back on this one. I have a feeling because you got to listen to some more true crime podcasts and know the difference. Yeah, but not, like this is the thing. If, when you guys read this, you guys will be attracted to him but scared of him at the same time. 100%. I didn't know if I loved or hated him, but I would once. And that's how it was. Like when I ended the book, I was still like, I don't know how I feel. So this is definitely going to get people talking. Okay, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> And we hope that you enjoyed God of Malice. If you didn't, it's okay. We still love you. And we also hope that you enjoyed Bad Boy Summer. We had a lot of fun doing this, as Emily said. I mean, I think it's important to gas ourselves up. And we personally feel that we knocked it out of the park. We did. (laughs) So, you know, it's good to give yourself praise. And that's what we're doing here. So we're actually going to pivot a little. Since it's back to school time, Em is also going back to school We are going to do a string of academia, dark academia, maybe some high school, but I don't really think that that's necessarily the vibe, but doing a string of back to school romances for the end of July and the month of August. So if you have a favorite college setting or, you know, academy type setting book, please let us know. We're going to kick it off with Catching Lightning by Kaylee King and Greer Rivers. I read this book a month ago. I still think about it a lot. Hashtag obsessed. It is not incredibly spicy. We gave it like one pepper, half a pepper, but the love story is so sweet. It is exactly what you need as a palate cleanse after God of Malice. So that's where we're headed next. We are also potentially going to get into some like fun taboo academic romances. So if you've got any teacher student, any of that type of stuff, you just let us know. We are open to recommendations. But we hope that you enjoyed God of Malice. We hope that you love Catching Lightning and we will see you next week. Bye guys.